So a good way to think about this path, the Buddhist path, is that it's a path of change. It's a path of change. It's a path on which we are seeking to change. We're seeking to change. We're seeking to change our lives. Uh, We're seeking to change ourselves. I mean, this is why we're here. There really wouldn't be any point in coming here and doing this if it wasn't about changing. So what do we mean by change? What do we mean by changing? You know, the, certainly the, the, you know, from the perspective of the Dharma, from the perspective of the Buddhist teachings, change might mean something different than what it might mean uh, culturally, what it might mean to some of us. Uh, when the Buddha talks about change, when we talk about change, when we think about the kind of change that we're seeking to have in our lives, uh, what we are seeking after is a life in which there is less suffering and greater happiness. So uh, we're seeking to move from a life in which the better part of our days is informed by suffering to where there's less and less suffering in our lives. We're seeking to change from being unhappy to being happy. And this is a profound change. It's a really profound change. I know for myself, most of my life, I was fairly unhappy, even though I might not have realized it because I didn't have the first noble truth in my life. Most of my life, I was suffering. Most of my waking hours, I was suffering. How does how do we do this? You know, this is the next question. What does change mean? And then how do we bring it bring it about? Uh, well, one way we can think about it is uh, we seek to abandon what's unskillful. We seek to abandon unskillful qualities. Uh, so, what does that mean? Well, we seek to abandon desire, aversion, and delusion. You know, those qualities in our minds we seek to abandon and actions that are informed by those qualities. This is an extraordinary change. You know, that what we do is informed not by desire, aversion, and delusion. That our hearts aren't marred by desire, aversion, and delusion. That our minds aren't besieged with desire, aversion, and delusion. We seek to abandon what's unskillful and cultivate what's skillful. This is how we bring about change. So when we talk about cultivating what's skillful, we're talking about cultivating uh, a mind imbued with metta, love, compassion, and joy. And we're talking about uh, taking actions that are informed by love, compassion. And again, this is, this is an extraordinary extraordinary change. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that goes into this. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into being able to see that we need to change. There's a lot that goes into being able to see our suffering and what's in the mind. There's a lot that goes into 
seeing the drawbacks in what's in the mind and what comes out of unskillful actions informed by desire and aversion. I mean, this is our practice. But we have to, you know, we begin really with understanding that we want to change, you know, that there is suffering, and this is where the path begins, and uh, understanding that we want to change and that we can change. path begins with suffering, seeing suffering and developing faith that we can change. Now, a lot of us, a lot of the time, and certainly all of us, some of the time, uh, don't believe that we can change. You know, we always talk about freedom and free will, and you know we don't believe in fate, but most of us, some of the time, if not all of the time, or most of the time, believe in fate, even though we don't understand, we don't see that. You know, we believe that we can't change. We believe that who we are is what we are, and that's what we're always going to be. You know, and even though we might make efforts to change, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't, and I'm not saying that we might not, to some extent, think we can change. You know, for most of us, most of the time, or at least some of the time, there's an underlying belief that we can't change. I mean, if you really, truly were convinced that you could change and that the path could lead you to change, I mean, your practice would absolutely fly. You know? But to some extent, we, we believe that we're consigned to the life that we have or to being who we are. You know, maybe we attribute that to you know, our parents or where, we, I mean, I know I do, our parents or where we grew up or the college that we went to or, you know, I'm too old now to change. Hear that a lot. Hear that a lot from students. I'm too old. I can't change. And then you know, a lot of the time we're afraid. We're afraid to change. You know, and that's that's completely understandable that we're afraid to change. We're all afraid of change. We're all afraid of the unknown. You know? But that doesn't have to prevent us from changing. You know, the path is a path about of changing, and. You know, I mean, the path covers all the bases. The path is a path of changing. The path, you know, the Dharma, the teachings, the Buddha, uh, you know, we understand that this is scary. We understand that there's going to be fear there. The path uh, provides us a way that we can uh, get through our fear. You know, it enables us to develop inner strength. This is one of the things that I've seen most profoundly in my practice. And this is pretty much happens largely, happens largely through developing stronger concentration, you know, equanimity, you know, this quality of inner strength. You know, uh, you know and it's been one of the real profound, uh, you know, and, and, and to some extent unexpected benefits of the practice for me in seeing that. Uh, through the development of concentration, you know, there's been a development of inner strength and uh, more confidence in myself that uh, I can deal with situations that are fearful, that I can, uh, that I can uh, attend to situations and move through situations that are fearful. So, yeah, we're going to be afraid, but the practice, you know, we know that. You know, there's a there's a way through that as part of the practice. Now, of course, on a very 
to a very great extent, you know, we have we have ideas about how we can change that are really at odds with what the teachings would suggest. You know, because to a large extent, most of us, most of the time, or at least some of the time, believe that we, if we are going to change, we're going to change by chaining, changing our externals. That that's how we're going to bring about change in our lives, by changing our externals. You know, we believe that we'll be happy if we can change our externals, right? We talk about, you know, if you want to keep it really simple, jobs, relationships, and apartments, right? We believe that this is what change is, changing our job, changing our relationship, changing our apartment, that if we can change our job, our relationship, our apartment, we'll be happy. That's how we'll find happiness. And this is what we tend to believe, right? I had a friend I was just talking to recently, and about two years ago she made a... Maybe a little longer. Uh, no, not really. Probably two years ago, she made a fairly large change in terms of her career, and it was a really. And then, over the last couple of weeks, realized you know she was still unhappy, so now she's making another change. But we hear about that all the time, right? You know, I was just talking to a friend today who's made a lot of changes in his work situation, and he's still unhappy. I, I think about this sometimes in terms of being a meditation teacher. It's like you know, you know, when I'm when I'm struggling, you know, and and at odds with things, it's like you know, the thought goes through my mind. Oh, I got to find another gig. You know, this is this is the cause of my. I mean, it's completely ludicrous, but you know, this is this kind of thinking is that way. You know, you know. Oh, if I found something else, if I wasn't teaching, but you know, don't worry, I'm not gonna change. You know. We do this with relationships, right? You know, if it's our partners, well, I got to get a new partner. If I got a new partner, you know, for me, sometimes I don't have a partner right now. It's like if I got a partner, I'll be happy. Or if it's our friends, right? Sometimes I'll get a little disgruntled with a friend, you know, and karmically, what comes up in the mind, you know, is oh, I got to get rid of this person. You know, I need some new friends. You know, and again, I say karmically, these ideas come up. Get, I got to get a new gig. I got to get new friends because that's the way that we are conditioned to think. We've conditioned ourselves to think that way. Now, thankfully, when those thoughts arise in the mind, you know, I can generally see them and see them for what they are, and put them to the side, and get myself back on track. You know, or you know, if it's our apartments, you know, and of course all the other uh, things that go along, all the other accoutrements that go along with apartments and possessions, you know. I mean, I, you know, I've told this story a lot, but, you know, when I was growing up, you know, it was like, you know, if I get out of my parents' house, I'll be happy. You know, I was just as miserable out of my parents' house, you know, and I was living on Long Island, and it's like, if I could get out of Long Island, I'll be happy. Moved into the city, I was living in Queens. You know, it's like if I could get out of Queens, I'll be happy. You know, and it just keeps going on and on. You know, on a bad day for me, it's I got to get out of where I live. I got to, you know, move to Brooklyn. You know, I got to move to the Upper West Side. I got to get a new place, maybe out of the city, maybe a nice place in the country. I'll come down twice a week, Thursday night, Sunday night. You know, for the classes. And, You 
you know, and we've talked about this so many times, of course, you know, we want good jobs. You know, we want to have a job that's an expression of uh, love for ourselves, in which we're able to express our truth, in which what we're doing uh, enables, you know, the actions that we're taking uh, are informed by the heart and, and bring us joy. You know, we want jobs like that, you know? you know? We want to have relationships that are informed by the heart, that are loving relationships, you know, that support us on our path, you know, that are an expression of uh, our wish to be happy. We want to live in a place uh, that's good for us, and it's an expression of our wish to be happy. We want these things. You know? But in order to, to live in this way, and to be able to take the actions that we want to take that are an expression of love for ourselves, first we have to end suffering. You know, if our, if our minds, uh, you know, if our hearts are, are covered over by greed, hatred, and delusion, if our minds are, are filled with desire and aversion, you know, the actions that we're going to take in support of finding a job or a relationship or apartment are going to be informed by those qualities. We're not going to be happy. So first we have to end suffering. First we have to you know, learn to let go of desire and aversion. Then we'll be able to find that good relationship. Then we'll be able to find that job. You know, and the more we let go of desire and aversion, the better our relationships will get. The more we let go of desire and aversion, the better our jobs will get. When I, you know, over the years, you know, gradually, 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 you know, my work situation has become more and more uh, informed by love for myself. That's been a gradual process, but that process has been correlative to... uh, to the extent to which I've been able to let go of desire and aversion. I mean, today, I, I can, I'm just checking, you know, to be really truthful. I could say today, I am more happy doing what I'm doing work-wise than ever. Ever. You know, but, but that's because you know, there's a little bit less suffering in the heart and a little bit more wisdom and compassion and love. It's just the same way with the breath, right? You know, we think that, I, you know, if I practice the breath meditation, this will lead to joy and happiness. But really, in order to be able to practice breath meditation, there has to be joy in the heart. You know? You're not going to be able to sit there in meditation and be with yourself for a half hour or however long you're going to be with yourself unless there's some joy in the heart. And the Buddha knew this. Yeah, so he, what he first did was had his students, his disciples, develop uh, joy, skillful qualities that led to joy, generosity, ethical conduct, all these good qualities, precepts. So they began to feel a little bit of joy so then they could sit and meditate. Joy is the proximate cause of meditation, of concentration. So if we're going to be able to meditate, there has to be joy in the heart. If we're going to be able to do the things uh, that really speak to the heart, there's going to need to be joy in the heart and love in the heart and compassion in the heart. Really, I wanted this talk uh, 
similar to last week's talk. You know, last week I said, you know, this talk is a pep talk, you know. And, and really, you know, this talk tonight I really look at as a pep talk, you know, because to me the central message of this talk is that uh, we can change. You know, the change is possible. Transformation is possible. Less suffering and greater happiness is possible. You know, a heart uh, that's less riddled by desire and aversion and has more love and compassion is possible. Change is possible. We can abandon what's unskillful and cultivate what's skillful. Many of us know this quote from the Buddha. He says, abandon what is unskillful. It is possible to abandon what is unskillful. If it were not possible to abandon what is unskillful, I would not say to you, abandon what, it is, uh, what is unskillful. But because it is possible to abandon what is unskillful, I say to you, abandon what is unskillful. Develop what is skillful. It is possible to develop what is skillful. If it were not possible to develop what is skillful, I would not say to you, develop what is skillful. Buddha was really clear. This is possible. This is possible for all of us. You know, we can alleviate suffering. We can have less suffering. You know, we can know a greater happiness. You know, if we follow the path. You know, if we follow this path. And there may be other paths that we can follow too. But you know, you know, if we're here and if we're practicing. You know, we need to understand that, you know, we can change. We can find greater happiness if we stay to the path. The Buddha said it. It is possible to change. I say it to you. There's no question in my mind that it's possible that we can change. But we have to follow the path. We have to take that action. We have to, you know... Develop those three essential elements of the path, virtue, concentration, and discernment. If we think about virtue, we think about generosity, uh, ethical conduct, you know, the paramis, truthfulness, loving kindness, and generos- and concentration, and discernment. You know, we think of these as the three pillars, you know, the three pillars that we use to build that bridge over the river of suffering virtue, concentration, and discernment. A lot of the work and the effort, as Ajahn Lee says, goes into that middle pillar of concentration. If you think about a bridge over a river, you know, that toughest one and the one that's going to require the most effort to build is the pillar in the middle, which is in the water, in the mud. You know, so a lot of the effort that we make goes into developing concentration. talked about this a little bit yesterday in Sutta study yesterday uh, you know the Buddha talked about in that Sutta the importance of you know making a commitment to your community to your group and to a teacher that's really important in terms of uh, what we need to do in order to follow the path and to get over that river and we're really talking about making a commitment right Making a commitment. I haven't read this in a while. I used to read it a lot. It's sort of a, part of it comes from Goethe, but it's kind of some quotes of Goethe that were uh, added to and extrapolated on over the years. It goes like this. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, 
there is one element, elementary truth, that ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never have otherwise occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance to which no man could have dreamed, which no man could have dreamed have, would have come his way. Whatever you can do or dream, you can do. Begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. You know, it's an interesting quote because it talks about being bold. You know, but of course, the Buddha doesn't say be bold. He says, here's how you can be bold. Here's some skills you can develop you know, so that you have inner strength, so that you have courage. So, you know, the heart of the pep talk is really, uh, you know, we've got to put in the work. We've got to put in the work. It's all about putting in the work. I used to have a teacher who said, oh, I don't want to, I, we, you shouldn't use the word work. Well, the heck with that. We have to put in the work. We have to put in the hard work. I mean, the work, you know, I mean, what, what does that mean, putting in the work? Uh, what's the work? I mean, the work at heart is the work of mindfulness. You know, at heart, you know, it's because it's a path of mindfulness. Buddha said mindfulness is the direct way to the end of suffering and to greater happiness. So, you know, the work is the practice of mindfulness, you know, the practice of being mindful, beginning of, with the body, the breath, cultivating concentration, being mindful of the frames of reference. I mean, that's the path, you know. The work is the work of mindfulness, but the proximate cause of mindfulness is effort. You know, it's effort that drives mindfulness. It's effort that drives mindfulness. And what does that effort look like? I mean, that effort looks largely like uh, what we've been talking a lot about, you know, uh, your own internal fabrication, your own making the effort to fabricate what you need to fabricate in order to be mindful. So reminding yourself of your purpose, reminding yourself to be mindful of what you need to be mindful of, reminding yourself of the instructions that go along with being mindful, reminding yourself to be aware of the ways that you're slipping outside of the frame of reference, going into thinking, etc. That's really the work of the path in many ways. So we have to put in the work, we have to make the effort and understand that it takes time. You've got to put in the work over a period of time. It's part of a process. I mean, this is what determination is. I mean, determination is one of the most important skillful qualities. I mean, Tan Jeff did a, did a book, uh, one of his study guys a few years ago on the 10 paramis, the 10 skillful qualities, and he did the, all of the paramis he did in light of determination, as sort of the overarching quality. You know, determination is the effort that we make over the long haul, the effort that we make over the long haul. I mean, one of the things, you know, and I'm looking for different things in terms of seeing how people are doing, I mean, one of the things I'm looking for is longevity, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking for, you know, in terms of gauging how people are doing, because that's my job. I want to do a good job. I see people like, you know, Laura and Joan and, you know, 
Christine and Richard and Ken, who've been coming for years and years, and Eileen, they've been coming for years and years and years and years. And that's what it's about, day after day, month after month, year after year. Making that effort over the long haul. I mean, it's the same thing in the sitting, right? You know, in the sitting, you know, it's about making that effort to be mindful of the breath, you know, from the moment you close the eyes till the moment your bell rings. And then it's about continuing to be mindful of the breath, even after the bell rings, of course. But in the sitting, it's, that's, what we're, that's what we're striving for in the sitting, is, you know, to have that kind of determination where we are staying with the meditation object during, through the meditation. Because it's so easy, you know, it's like, oh, I did this for five minutes, enough. Well, this is where we learn determination is in the meditation. Can I stay with it? Well, how do you stay with it? You have to fabricate. You have to remind yourself. You have to remember to stay with it. So this determination is so important. I mean, I mean, this group is about several things. You know, I mean, you know, we provide an opportunity for people to learn meditation. We provide classes like the Sunday class in particular, where people can drop in and hear the teachings and meditate. And, but uh, you know, one of the primary focuses of this group is is to develop long-time students. You know, is to provide the teaching and support and love to uh, people who want to make a determined effort over a period of time, who really want to make that commitment to end suffering and find a greater happiness. You know, I mean, this group can provide that. Not that many places where you can go where there's that kind of commitment that the teacher has to the group and the group has to the teacher and to each other. You know? I mean, that's what we do. That's what we do because that's important. You know, we need to, you know, it's like I want to be able to, uh, to offer uh, teachings and support that are going to enable people to make this effort over the long haul and continue to grow and deepen in their practice and find greater happiness so that people can change. And I see it every day. I mean, I see it every day. People come and talk about things, not just about their meditation, but, you know, I mean, the way I really gauge it in terms of seeing change is how their lives change, how the jobs, relationships, and apartment changes, how their relationship with their family and their kids and their friends change. If we put in the work, we will change. If we put in the work, we will change. The way that I, you know, you could think about it metaphorically, but the way that, you know, because it's not like that kind of a change, right? It's not like all of a sudden you wake up, the sun is shining. You know, it's been dark for the last 20. All of a sudden, the sun is shining. Now, you know, it's a gradual change. You know, it's like you're on this long road, and gradually you start to come into a turn, and you start to turn a corner. I mean, that's the way that I see, and I experience myself, and I see in others, things changing. You know, that very gradually, little by slowly, uh, our lives become less and less you know, or our practice becomes less and less in the service of avoiding disaster and more and more in the service of celebrating life. You know, because at the beginning, that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, we sort of come here because, you know, we're trying to avoid disaster. 
and that's important. You got to avoid disaster before you know. So, so this it's kind of we're there, and then it begins to shift. It begins to shift, and there's a beginning of uh, of really celebrating life, experiencing the joy of living. It's like, you know, it's one of these winter days when the sun is kind of at a low angle. You know, you could walk down one of those streets in Manhattan in Midtown and it could be 12 noon on a sunny day, but it could be dark on that street. You know, you're walking down the street and you come to, you know, the next street, uh, you know, the avenue and you make a turn and, you know, and there's the sun. You start to see the sun is there. So it's no question in my mind that we'll begin to make that turn. We'll begin to see the light. We'll begin to experience you know, the happiness that the path offers. We'll begin to change. There's no question in my mind that each one of you can change. That this practice can lead to great change and great happiness. <clears throat> 